Good morning. Hallelujah. It's a new day, right? Amen. Psalm 135.3. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Thank you that you have come to save us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for saving, saving us, Lord, and giving us new life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging seas, my God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, let's sing verse one more time. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging seas. My God, he holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung up on that cross, then he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. Because we were beggars. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We were forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing 
there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Oh, there's joy in the house. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Shout out your praise. We shout out. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Amen. Hallelujah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us, Lord. Our praises go towards you, Father, for what you have done for us, Lord, and who you are. You are mighty. You are holy. You are awesome in this place, Lord. You are healer. You are restorer, Lord. Let's think about this morning who he is to you, what he means to you, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so personal, so intimate. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in each and every one of our lives and what you've done in my life, Lord. We can stand here and say, yes, Lord, you did this for me. You did this for me. And all hands are raised. You did this for me, Lord. And we just want to shout out your praise, Lord. We want to shout out your praise because God is surely in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood, Father, that cleansed us from our sins, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. So worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus.
Oh. Uh-huh. 
like you, Lord. There is none like you. Thank you, Lord.
God, a great God. Amen. Is he worth praising 
Is he worth giving honor? We serve a big God, a God who is more than enough to meet our needs. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated, for God is good. Amen? All the time. Hallelujah. So this morning we have a few announcements before we go into prayer as the worship team is making their way to their seats. You, our, our, our lovely Pam Pull was handing these out at the door. So if you um, want to go to the Roadrunners Potluck, the 50s dinner, diner, 50s diner, dinner, diner, they're going to serve food. And so it's October 1st at 1 p.m. at Rester Hall. Bring your scrumptious dishes, but you don't need to bring a dessert because they're going to have root beer floats available for all those who come. So if there's a small amount of people, then some person might get two root beer floats. So if you miss out and don't get a root beer float, someone else is going to get yours. So... Remember to do that. If you have any questions on that, call Tim and Pam. Amen? Hallelujah. And so also there's a little insert in your bulletin for all of you who live in Aberdeen. If you would like to be part of the all Aberdeen business prayer meeting at the right across from the mission in the open parking lot there, across from Billy's, and that big thing where they have the tent for the fireworks, they are going to have on the uh, 28th at 7.30 to 8 on Heron and G Street, pray for your city. So if you want to show up and be part of that, that's on that. You should have that insert in your flyer. It's also in your, bill, also in your bulletin. And um, Wednesday night service here at the church. Um, if you're unable to attend, it is broadcast on Facebook and YouTube Live. So uh, it's always nice if you're here in person, though. Pastor Steve has to preach to a lot of empty seats on Wednesday night. <laughs> so uh, we try to get that going again and get things rolling on Wednesdays. Uh, I remember back in the day that when we were young and coming to church, we were in church Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. That was your part of your normal routine schedule. So Wednesday was Top Ramen Day. Run home, eat Top Ramen, and come to church. <laughs> so, uh, amen. So we have some prayer requests for you this morning. Um, uh, Ken and Barb, we need to continue to pray for Ken, um, for healing, and for touching his body's battling cancer. So we want to continue to pray for him. And Evelyn is home on the men, doing much better. Kelly says she's doing way better. So hallelujah, we want to see Evelyn back here with us in the body. We never remember to pray for Debbie Pena, for Margot, um, who is still battling. Those are, they're still battling their health. And for Norm's dad, who is on hospice, we need to remember to pray for those in our weekly prayer time. Continue to pray for uh, the Shoemate family. Half of them are traveling back to Iowa and Kansas City uh, today, so we want to pray for safety for all them. And uh, we had an awesome celebration yesterday for Miss Millie. It was awesome to see 
the testimonies and hear the testimonies of the um, amazing woman of God that she was. Amen. So uh, thank you, everybody who attended and supported Papa Floyd and and uh, and the rest of the family. Um, there, you know, we are family, and you know, when our family's in need, we we need to be there and to help pick up that burden and help to support and strengthen. Amen. So let's just go to the word to the Lord in prayer. Father, we lift Kenny to you, Evelyn, Debbie, Margot, Norm, Lord, and many in this room need a touch from you. Lord God, we pray for the Shumay family as they travel, Lord, back back home. We pray, Lord, for Papa Floyd that you just continue to give him a new word in his heart, a new a new vision, Lord, that you have for him in his final journey with you, Lord God, that we can just all lift these needs together. We can stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters. We can claim healing. We can we can claim, Lord, deliverance, financial prosperity, Lord. We can pray, Lord, that families can be restored, Lord, because you are the God of restoration. And we trust in you, Lord, and we know, Father God, that that your word does not come back void. So if we proclaim your word and we stand on your word in prayer, we know, Father God, that you are faithful to fulfill those needs. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the beautiful weather that you provided for us today. Thank you, Lord, for the word that we're going to hear today. You would just continually, Lord, anoint the word that it would permeate our hearts, our souls, and our minds, Father, that we can leave different than what we came because we heard the word of the Lord and worshiped you with our hearts. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness and your love today. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. All right, and so now we're going to have Pastor Steve come up here. And break the word of life. Thank you, Pastor Tom. And clarify, it's not Norm's getting ready to go to heaven. Hopefully, sooner, long, long time from now, his dad. Praying for your dad, Norm. Jesus. I'm going to ask, um, where did you put that thing over there? Over here. <laughs> put it where it belongs. Put it where it belongs, amen. I ask Gary and Paula to stand, please. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no. Come on up here. This is their, not their final Sunday at CPNC, but it's their final Sunday as the directors continued uh, at the Union Gospel Mission and the Friendship House. And uh, they have been a part of this church. When did you guys come to Neighborhood Church, roughly? 90s? In the 90s, do you remember? 96, probably. Okay, still over there in Carjola? A lot of years they've been a part of our church and also just laboring and uh, laboring for the Lord. 35 years, September 30th, special day, it's Christopher's birthday, <clears throat> but um, 35 years of serving God's people, uh, serving the least, the last, the lost, the wounded, bruised, and broken, those that people seemingly forget about. They have just poured out God's love into them. Do you guys have, could you share anything with us briefly, just like what it's been like, or just a little word of something, of uh, what you've learned and what God's done? You first, because I know there's, I see tears streaming down some faces over here. We lived in McCleary to begin with, and the pastor's wife of the Alliance Church was my age, and there weren't many of them at that point, and uh, we were both pregnant, and 
and she just blessed me so much and she she and her husband came to the mission once a month and she took me in a uh, with her and I just knew that what I said now this is what Christians should do so I and then Gary was on the board and uh, then we ran into Peggy who went to this church Peggy Schrader Peggy Schrader Schrader yeah and she was such a blessing to me and she found out she was friends with the people that were running the mission and that they were leaving and they hadn't told anybody else so she told me, and I said, oh, you know, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I mentioned it to Gary, and Gary said, yeah, I'll pray about it, uh, which wasn't, wasn't he, he's used to being, anyway, so we came to the mission in the Friendship House, and it has always been our love, and it's been a blessing to us more than anyone else, and uh, get such great support. It's a wonderful community to be doing this in. So, had great pastors. We love you. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she told me to pray, so I said, "Okay, God, you want me to be the director of the mission? I'll do that." I, I, we had an upholstery shop at that time, and always loved cars, and I was doing customs and street rods and stuff, and so. Lo and behold, I wound up with the job, and I got there, and uh, man, I was leading guys to the Lord left and right, and I said, well, this is great. Get them all saved, and I'll be back doing upholstery work in a couple of years. <laughs> you know, you never know what God has for you, no. and you don't know what is on tomorrow, but if you're faithful to follow God, he will open doors for you. You never yes. thought that he would open. Yes. You'll see him perform miracles you never thought that you'd see him perform. And the greatest miracle is seeing a life changed. Yes. Seeing somebody born into the family of God. That's the greatest blessing there is. That's the greatest miracle there is, folks. And we've got to see it over and over again. We've been blessed many times since we've been there. Amen. And uh, I just thank God for the opportunity. It wasn't just a couple of years. It's a few years longer than that. But it's been a blessing every year. We love you guys. Thank you, Gary and Paula. I don't know if I should ask. I can ask Gary. How, how young are you, Gary? 79. 70. You're not too old to serve the Lord. Not coasting into retirement at 65? (laughs) This message is directed as my reflection on Gary and Paula's life. I've known him for 19 years. But it applies for each of us because at 79 years young and Paula can't be much more than 39. (laughs) It's not often that people get to see a true reflection of Christ in this world, but we have through Floyd and Millie, through people like Gary and Paula, 
through the Elnas, and if I don't name somebody now, I'm going to be in trouble. The Joyce's and the Maggie's and the, everyone. Just, you all, okay, you all. Now I'm Southern. It's not often that people get to see a true reflection of Christ, but every once in a while we do. Paul the Apostle said, I'm going to be bouncing through some scriptures this morning so you can write down the references or go back and watch it if you need to or, write, or just turn fast. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Old King James, Paul the Apostle said, Follow me just as I follow Christ. New King James and other translations say, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. I can say with confidence in watching their life that they are two people that you can follow because they are following the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a scary verse in some ways because I remember the bumper sticker years ago that used to be Christian, used to say or did say Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And that is true. And that's an easy theology to live with because it can become a sloppy theology. That, ah, just, you know, we're not perfect, just forgiven. So I'm going to live like the devil and hope I get to heaven. It doesn't work that way. God's grace wants to empower us and to quicken us and to strengthen us that we would grow in maturity to say, Lord, I want to be able to say someday, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I follow Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, this theme is continued in a different area. Same author, Paul the Apostle. Ephesians chapter 1, verse, chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, be imitators or followers of God as dear children. Well, how can we be a follower of Christ and how can we be an imitator of Christ is you need to know that you are his dear, precious child. If you try to imitate the Lord Jesus out of fear, if you try to imitate or follow God for any other motivation other than because of his great love, you will fall short. But once you realize and come to the receiving his love for you and his salvation, and you have received it, you have taken it in, you are born again by the Spirit of God. Therefore, when you hear that high calling, it's it's like a son who looks up to his father and wants to imitate dad. That's good at times. Other times it can be scary. But it's quite an honor if you have your boy that says, you know, someday I want to be like you, dad. Well, how much greater for God's children to look up to God the Father to say, Lord, I want to be like you. I don't want your throne. God alone will be the only one to ever occupy the throne. But Lord, I want to imitate you. I want to reflect you. I want people, when they see me, to see the reflection of Christ. And how can we do that? Verse 2, he describes how we can be imitators of God. It says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself. Gary and Paula, Floyd and Millie, and so many others, they have shown and demonstrated the love of Christ by giving of themselves. There is no way for us to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ without giving ourselves. That's costly. To give of yourself is to give of your time. To give of yourself is to give up your convenience. To give up yourself is to give up your plans at times and to say, you know what, I have to set my ideas and hopes aside in order to minister to somebody else. That's what Jesus did for us. 
He left the convenience of heaven in order to come to this dark world, and he gave himself for us, not conveniently, but he gave himself upon the cross. He gave himself as an offering, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. When you give your life to Christ, it is an offering and a sacrifice to God. But not only that, it is a sweet-smelling aroma. Anybody smell anything in here? Hopefully you only smell something good. <laughs> when we worship the Lord, and I will say this, I believe that God is and he desires to transition each of us individually and collectively that not only we would learn to worship more in the spirit and through song, but that he would transform our life to say, Lord, I want my life to become an offering to you. It's a sweet-smelling fragrance to the Lord. When the uh, priest took and they made the anointing oil and they took the different spices, they would have to crush those spices and grind them, and then they would mix them together. Well, sometimes your life is being crushed, it feels like. And my dad used to say, it's in the crushing and the breaking that God does the making. Lord, I feel crushed. I feel broken. There are some who feel understandably so very crushed or broken because their beloved Mama Paula, I don't know what they call you at the house, but Paula's, you're leaving. And Gary is moving on. But you know what? God is going to take the seed that has been deposited in your life, and he's going to continue the work that he has for you. And what is that work is to be imitators, to follow Christ. As you have seen Gary and Paula, as you have seen Millie and Floyd and others follow Christ, you follow in those very same footsteps. And how do you do so? By walking in love. Yesterday, I've only done this a couple of times, but in the spur of the moment, I felt led to have uh, Keith and Leroy, I believe, get that cross off the wall and ask this question, that is the pursuit of your life worthy of his sacrifice. As I'm driving away from the service yesterday, I couldn't help but think that some were automatically thinking, well, there's none worthy of, of no, my life. I can never be worthy of a sacrifice. And I feel led to elaborate on that a little bit. None of us are ever worthy. Please say amen. amen. Nonetheless, we are called to live a life that is worthy of the gospel. A life that is a demonstration of having been transformed by the grace of God. Here he says in the book of uh, Colossians chapter 1, there's a prayer. No, Ephesians chapter 4. Turn back one chapter, please. Is my life worthy? Is the pursuit of my life worthy? Am I imitating Christ? Am I following Christ? God wants us to grow in maturity. I'll tell you what, Miss Millie, she's enjoying her reward in heaven, but God wants to multiply the Miss Millies of this world. Amen. Papa Floyd, I pray that he makes it to 120. He used to say that he wanted to get to 120. I'm not so sure now. Do you still want to get to 120? 121 at least. Well, when Papa Floyd hits that 121... God wants a lot of other Papa Floyds Amen. and Gary and Paula's and on and on of the legacy of what he wants to do, church. But it's going to take a growing and maturity of stepping up to that calling, so to say, to say, Lord, many people have poured into my life. They have deposited into my life. Lord, I have received an abundance of your grace. Lord, it's my turn now. 
It's my turn now, Lord, to walk worthy and to be that example for other people to follow. In Ephesians 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. This day we have a, an absence of walking worthy in politics, and that's about all I'll say about that for now. <laughs> we recognize that that when people are in positions of authority and great influence, there is an expectation that they will walk worthy of that office, that they will conduct themselves with honor, with truthfulness, integrity, and character. There's a huge absence of that today. But in the church, God is saying, will you walk worthy of the calling? because God is calling for us to be imitators of Christ because he wants other people to see a reflection of Christ through our life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Paul the Apostle prayed for the Colossian church, and he said, For this reason we also, since the day we heard, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He goes on to say what his prayer is for. I pray that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We just sung a song worthy of every song that we could ever sing, worthy of every praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath that we could ever breathe. We live for you. Paul the Apostle, he prayed that as the Colossian church had received salvation, as they had received the grace of God, that there would be such an evident transformation in their life that they would walk worthy of that calling. Fully pleasing the Lord. Union Gospel Mission men, I pray that will be your ambition in the days and the weeks to come. To say, Lord, I want to walk worthy of you. Lord, I want to walk pleasing to you. Wonderful sisters of the Friendship House, I pray for God's grace to abound in your heart that in the days and the weeks to come, when there is a transition that takes place, that God will hold you steady to say, Lord, I'm going to walk worthy of Jesus. Not that I'm ever worthy of salvation. No, but I have received his grace. And Lord, as Paula has poured into them the love of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the patience of God. Amen. <laughs> Lord, it's my turn now. I'm not going to be a Miss Paula. You won't be a Miss Paula in her place. But, Lord, I'm going to demonstrate that patience, and I'm going to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Second thought that comes to my mind is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First thought that came to my mind, think about Gary and Paula and Floyd and Millie and so many others as they are imitators, followers of Christ. They are an example for us to follow after the second that comes to my mind is I've heard Gary tell the story more than one time in his office that he truly feels as the least qualified to have done what he did. I won't go into any details, but the education and all that, like, Lord, who, me? But God called him, and God gave him his grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, it says this, For I am the least of the apostles, 
and I am not worthy to be called an apostle. Now, I had to stop there for a brief moment because I thought, wait a second, Paul, you've told us several times in the scripture to walk worthy, but here you're saying you're not worthy. I won't bore you with Greek uh, definitions here, but the word for worthy here is a different Greek word. What Paul is saying here when he says that he is not worthy to be called an apostle, he is saying that he's not qualified or sufficient. And I will tell you, in this room, none of us ever will feel fully qualified or sufficient in and of ourselves to walk worthy of the Lord. And that's a demonstration of humility. I will say this as your pastor, I don't feel qualified or sufficient to do what I do. There is people who have doctorate degrees, master's degrees. They are just, they've got gobs and gobs of experience. And I look at myself and I say, who, me? Why me? The calling of God, the grace of God. For you as well, when I think about Paula and Gary, well, I see humility. Lord, I'm not worthy to do what I'm called to do. Paul, the Paul said, why? Because he persecuted the church of God. But verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And God's grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. God's grace will empower you to do what God calls you to do. By the grace of God, Paul could say that I am what I am. By God's grace, I am thankful for who Gary and Paula Rowell are. And his grace that was poured out upon them, it wasn't in vain. It wasn't that bumper sticker grace. No, it was a grace that they received and they labored more abundantly than so many others. They put their hand to the plow, they didn't look back. They put feet to their faith and they kept on walking. When they're undoubtedly, and I will say this, I don't think he ever told me anything, you never said anything about this, but I can only imagine that there were some armchair quarterbacks throughout the years who had ideas for how things ought to be done and run and all that kind of stuff. They've never shared any of this with me, but I can imagine. But what did they do? Jesus said, if anyone puts their hand to the plow and they look back, they're not fit for the kingdom of God. No, God called Gary and Paula. They put that hand to the plow. They put feet to their faith. They kept on walking. They kept serving. They kept loving. They kept laboring. Yet not them. It was the grace of God that was with them. And as a result of the grace of God that they were conduits, just pipes, allowing God's grace to work through them, think about all the multitudes of people that were able to be touched. Mama Millie, Papa Floyd, there was a massive crowd here yesterday, the Shoemate tribe conduits of God's grace. Church, God wants the same for you and I, that we would come to an acceptance to say, Lord, yeah, I'm not worthy for whatever calling that you have in my life. I'm not sufficient in myself, but Lord, you haven't called us to be sufficient in and of ourselves. Rather, that we would reach out for the grace of God and use that grace to labor for the Lord in Jesus' name. God wants to empower us by his grace. He has entrusted each of us with his talents, his plans, his callings, and with that comes the grace to accomplish much for the Lord. I think about in Matthew 25, I'm not going to read that whole passage, but in Matthew 25 is the story of the parable of the talents, the parable of the 
five talents, the two talents, and the one talents, the ones who are faithful, they took what God had given them, and they traded, and they, make, they doubled what God had given them. And as a result of that, God said to them, well done, good and faithful servants. God is calling people to be faithful with the little they have in order to be faithful with much. The third thing I think about with Gary and Paula is the transformation. Why do we live worthy? Why do we imitate Christ? Why do we receive God's grace? Is for the transformation, the salvation of souls, to see people rescued, redeemed, and restored. You see, God works through people. God works through people who are not content with their salvation alone, but rather they want to bring somebody with them to heaven. I don't know where I read this a few months ago. Sometime I have no idea what book this came from, but it deeply convicted me. And I have to summarize it. I have to, to paraphrase what it said. It was this statement. When you get to the end of your life, if all you have done is abstained from drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, adultery, if all you have done is abstained from that which is sinful but you have not done what God has called you to do, you have accomplished absolutely nothing. God is not looking for holiness or for Christians who will simply abstain and claim a righteousness. Okay, thank God I'm not like those people on the street. Thank God I'm not like them. God is looking for a demonstration of his son Jesus Christ through his body. If all we do is abstain, or we pick it, or we, I'm against this, I'm against abortion, I'm against that, this is bad, this is bad, and all we do is abstain, and I'm against this, when we get to the end of our life, if we have not lived for Jesus Christ, we have accomplished absolutely nothing. This is best exemplified by the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the sheep and the goats, uh, Jesus separates the sheep from the goats. And when he talks to the sheep in Matthew 25, I do want to read that portion because it does demonstrate the work of the Union Gospel mission very well. Go ahead and turn there, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God has a kingdom, church. I'm going to pause here for a brief moment and linger on this verse. I can't help but think a small motivating factor for Gary and Paula and Millie and others who have gone before. They haven't gone before. Thank God. But God has a kingdom, church, and his kingdom is made up of people. He has a kingdom that he is bringing to this earth in the here and the now. It's just been inaugurated. The fullness isn't here yet. But he has an eternal kingdom that is going to have eternal relationships that will last forever. Could you do me a favor? 
In my office, on the top shelf is my cell phone. I want to read a text from this message for you I got that was about Miss Millie here this morning. It, it needs to be read this morning. God's kingdom is about eternal... No, 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 the other one, I'm sorry. Yep, over here. Eternal relationships that we will have forever. Sisters, Miss Paula is going to be a friend forever and ever. Can I tell you the first thing she ever said to me? Yes, please do. She said, whatever you're going through, I will love you through it. Hmm. From day one, and that's been almost 40 years ago. Every day she has loved me through the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bruce. Not much ugly, but Okay, I've got Rebecca's blessing to share this. She didn't know I was going to share it with the whole whole thingy. <laughs> I was going to share this with the shoemates, but this needs to be shared publicly. I got this from Rebecca Hernandez. Makes me want to cry. Church, God has given us outstanding, shining examples throughout the years. Of Floyd and Millie, Gary and Paul and so many others. This is from Rebecca Hernandez, Pastor Carlos and Rebecca. They moved to eastern Washington. She said, I couldn't sleep. I got this this morning. I couldn't sleep, so I picked up my phone and seen Miss Millie's celebration of life. I watched every second. Wow. I miss her. She has impacted my life in so many ways. I'll never forget an evening service, and she stood up and prophesied. She spoke so boldly. It spoke straight to me. It scared me straight to the altar. (laughs) She was definitely used by God that evening, not knowing anything about the Holy Spirit. I hit the floor that night, not understanding what happened, but when I sat up, Miss Millie was sitting right with me, looking at me with those beautiful blue eyes. I got off that floor, changed. She walked me through a lot. I'm going to stop there. She walked me through a lot. Gary and Polly, you've walked through life with a lot of people. Well done. She walked with me through a lot of times when I never could have thought that Carlos would come to the Lord, and she stood praying and believing, God is so good. I am so thankful for her and CPNC. And she spoke a little bit about something else and said that uh, my dad referred to the granny commandos, and boy, was was he right. Miss Millie was a granny commando for the Lord parable of the sheep and the goats the good shepherd he separates the sheep from the goats and he talks to the sheep and says inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world Gary and Paula your work when you step out of that door Friday or if that's the last day Friday that's not the end no there were so many seeds planted so many souls that were touched that there's coming a day when the Lord's going to say it's time to inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world And I can't help but think that many of the women whose hearts were knit with you, Paula, and many of the men whose hearts were knit with you, I think about Brad over in eastern Washington, many others were knit together with you. I can't help but think that somehow you're going to have the privilege of serving together in the everlasting kingdom of God. What does he have to say to them? For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when? <laughs> when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you do it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. The righteous were unaware, and why were they unaware? Because they weren't doing it to be seen by men. It came second nature. It was just who they were born again. It was second nature who they were. They weren't doing it to be seen. They were doing it because that's who God made them to be. I want to wrap this up, Central Park Neighborhood Church, with this, that you are the body of Christ. God is calling us to call others to follow Christ even as we follow Christ. God is calling us to receive his grace abundantly in order that we would do what God has called us to do. God is calling us to live for the transformation of souls that people would be rescued, redeemed, and restored. And this will only take place as we realize that, Lord, we're your body. He's the head, we're his body. You're his hands, his arms, his feet, his legs, his ears, his eyes, his mouth at times to speak. Can you imagine for a moment what will happen to Grays Harbor if Central Park Neighborhood Church will increasingly, and I say this with a a commendation, is that the right word? Commending? Because I believe by God's grace, Central Park Neighborhood Church has done a very well job with this, to have a heart for the least, the last, and the lost. But if we will increasingly so to say, Lord, there are souls that need to be saved. Gary and Paula, they've done a lot of labor, a lot of work, but somebody's got to pick it up. I don't know who. I'm not saying someone here necessarily is. But even beyond the mission, the Friendship House, there is a Grays Harbor County that is filled with the least, the lost, the wounded, the broken. Mm -hmm. And he is looking for us to say, Lord, I want to be your body. And Lord, what good is a body if the body is paralyzed or if the body is comatose? What good is a body if a body doesn't respond to the head who's Christ? that the body would be animated by the Spirit of God, that when the Spirit of God speaks to someone to say, you need to go do this, go do that, that the body would be responsive to Jesus, to say, Lord, we want to reflect Christ in this community, Lord. Lord, that we would touch others by the grace of God. Lord, that we would be willing to step up to maturity to say, you know what? We want to call others to follow us as we're following after Christ. Imitate us as we are imitating Christ. Receive an abundance of his grace and labor abundantly. Why? Because there are souls to be saved. I want to hear the king say someday, well done, good and faithful servant. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
enter into the joy of the Lord. I believe the moment Miss Millie breathed that last breath that she breathed, I believe that she was whisked by the angels into the glory of God, and she heard those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And the work that she planted, the seeds that she planted, she's wanting to see a harvest. That's going to continue. That's going to grow. And now I feel and sense in my heart more than ever, church, that God wants many others to step up to the plate to say, thank God for the Gary and Paulus. Thank God for the Floyd and Millies. But you know what? It's time for many others to step it up. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together, please. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your heart. Lord, that has been expressed so clearly, so powerfully, Lord, through people like Millie and Floyd, Gary and Paula, and numerous others. Lord, I pray for a deposit in every young person here. Who's the young person? Well, Lord, Gary's 79, still serving. Lord, I pray that not one soul in here would excuse themselves from zealous service for you. Lord, that we wouldn't make it the ambition in our life to abstain or refrain from just sinful behavior as good as that is, but Lord, that there would be a shift in the hearts of every individual here to say, Lord, I don't want to simply abstain and refrain from doing certain things. Lord, I want to be zealous for the kingdom of God. Lord, I want to be a reflection of Jesus as I have seen through so many godly people here Lord, I want to go do likewise in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon Central Park Neighborhood Church to continue. Lord, I pray for an abundance of grace to be poured out. Lord, as we run into the least, the last, the lost, the broken and wounded of this world, I pray that you would prompt the people of God, that, Lord, just as Millie was obedient, Lord, and she spoke into Rebecca's life, and, Lord, there was a radical transformation in that marriage and that home. Lord, would you excite, would you invigorate, Lord, would you motivate the people of God to say, Lord, I want to be a part of that. Lord, I want you to be able to use me, Lord, in order to bring transformation to others all around for, Lord, there is an eternal kingdom that you have prepared for your children. As we dismiss from this place, Lord, I pray for your grace to shine upon each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close with this. If you need Jesus, as always, today is the day of salvation. I will be up front. You can meet me up front, and I want to pray for you. If you need prayer for something different, strength, healing individually, I would love to pray for you as well. God bless you. Have a good Sunday afternoon. If you can make Wednesday night at 6 p.m., we've moved it back to 6. That's where we've been the last couple weeks. We'd love to see you. God bless you. Have a good Sunday afternoon.